Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have three amazing entrepreneurs from all across the globe. We're talking from Canada, we're talking from Michigan, and Massachusetts. So buckle up, get ready, ears ready, rearing, and um, we're going to start off with Miss Sharon. Hi, Miss Sharon. Hi, Miss Annika. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. All right. Well, tell us who you are. Tell us about your business and the birth of your business, how it is that you came about to do what it is that you do. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. So um, my name is Sharon Bowes. Used to be Sharon Stanbury. I got married two years ago, so um, changed my name and decided that new life needs new name, new identity, um, new creativity, um, and thought that was a good opportunity for change. Um, I am one of those people, I call myself a change catalyst coach. I love change. I am inspired by change. I'm an agent of change. I initiate change. <laughs> I help facilitate change, um, uh, working with, with people, with businesses, um, through all of the different emotional aspects of change, as well as all of the uh, logical and uh, physical requirements of, of change. Um, I've been in business um, in the corporate uh, enterprise arena for 30 years, um, got laid off eight times, so I'm definitely a master of change. I've <laughs> been transforming most of my life, most of my life, um, and so decided that, you know, there's some things that I learned along the way. Uh, and I would like to help people go through those pains and challenges a lot faster to get to success um, a lot easier. And I'm really good at helping facilitate. So um, I'm good at finding patterns and, and identifying uh, structures where, you know, people are trying to get through some challenges in their life. Um, and I've also identified um, seven uh, ways we stop ourselves or sabotage ourselves. Actually, 14 characters um, I've created um, and I've published them in an interactive seminar series online uh, called You're Not a Nail. Um, that's You're Not a Nail, like hammer nail. Um, business practices have been the common uh, thread in certainly in the corporate world. And I've been hammered a few times myself in my career. So I wanted to, you know, help people declare I'm not a nail and get out of being a nail um, by understanding what it is that we do when we are in those scenarios, in those stressful situations of change and transformation in our lives. Um, what it is that we do inside that gets us into survival brain mode um, and takes us away from being able to be creative and innovative um, and free to make choices um, that are good for us. <laughs> Instead, our survival brain animal tends to want to be in charge and pull us into survival brain activity, um, which isn't necessarily a choice that's good for us. So, um, so I created that and I'm, uh, my business is called Going for Value. Uh, and it's all about the results that people are trying to achieve. So whether it's a dream, 
um, a new business or if you're a corporate leader in um, that corporate space like I was for many, many years uh, and you're trying to achieve some kind of major business change or transformation um, to get new different results, um, that's the kind of the area that I like to work in and it's all about getting those new results. And I don't know if you've heard the word, uh, the, the phrase, I think it's, um, I think it was Einstein that said that, you know, if you're um, trying to uh, change the results, that you're doing it all the same way as you've done it before, it's insanity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm all about being the change catalyst and initiating, uh, triggering um, the activities and the, processes or, or the questions um, that uh, people need to get their mindset shifted um, as well as shift the way businesses operate um, to get those new results by doing it in, in truly different ways. Um, key to that is unleashing innovation and key to that is our belief system and so those 14 characters that I created um, are the drivers of our belief system and I've put them into seven different kind of chapters and talk about the different ways that you can free yourself up from those survival brain characters and unleash your innovative creativity which would then generate the new results that you're looking to achieve in a nutshell. I picked up on psychology. I picked up on corporate business lingo. I got the meat and potatoes of what you said of working the corporate world for 30 years, being laid off eight times. We talked about this in the podcast last night about how a lot of the entrepreneurs have come about because we were taught to be employees and not the boss and not CEOs. But somewhere in our journey, something happened where we were like, you know what, this is not gonna work anymore. And I hear it, the same thing in you, but you also took the tools that you learned in the corporate world and applied them to your own business. And even the concept of you're not a nail, I can't say I've ever heard that before. I cannot say that I can't, I can't, relate to what it feels like to be a nail. So my mind automatically went there. So that analogy is genius, you know, because <laughs> many of us feel like that. And even before the podcast, we talked about the role of a woman and a mom and all these things that we have to do, but understanding what it means to not allow yourself to be a nail, I get it. And agent for change is funny because that's also, I have graphics, that's what I call myself. It's funny because so many people avoid change. And being an agent for change and being that person that helps people um, embrace change and, and walk with people, that's a special gift. And it sounds to me like you have that gift. And even being able to, to go through the things you have and turn it into a business, that's what, that's what makes that gift special. So thank you. Sounds brilliant. Um, even innovation, belief systems, I, I, I get it. Ladies, do you guys have any comments, any takeaways? I love the idea of reinventing yourself. I think that's such a, an important thing to um, keep always in the back of your mind. I mean, the queen of reinvention is Madonna, and I can't think of a fiercer role model for us as innovative and creative women. 
Absolutely. I also really appreciated the uh, analogy to the nail and hammer. Um, so many times women feel powerless and in positions where they're just basically being hammered from all sides. So I, I, I really appreciated that. Thank you. I think um, there's also um, I, the men that I've worked with have had that same analogy work for them as well, because there's a lot of smashing of light bulbs in the corporate world. Um, and when I went in to actually change that um, on one of the last projects that I was working on as a management consultant, I had a couple of the men come to me and they said, you know, they said, Sharon, your style is completely different than anybody else's approach. And with you, I feel like I can open myself up um, and I can give you suggestions and options and opportunities to do something different that excites me, that gets me um, you know, in, involved in the work that I'm doing and, and makes it more fun and engaging. Um, and actually one of the men that I worked with is one of those that started me on the journey um, of asking me the question. And he said, you know, we have these moments of magic, um, flow and team in corporate business. Um, and they happen very rarely, and it's almost by accident that they happen. And he asked me, he said, you know, it would be really nice to know a way to do that predictably, um, to set that up and actually make it happen. And so I created this um, concept, You're Not a Nail, and also the Going for Value business and using the tool sets from my corporate uh, days. And I created an environment on my last project team, last several project teams, where I designed it and I created it and I generated that innovative energy um, consciously. Um, and I thought, well, if I can do it, so can every, everybody else. And now I've actually got the roadmap to take people there to help create it. And it's for men, for women, and for, um, for anyone of any diverse culture um, as well. Um, I've, um, I'm also working on a coloring book for kids um, because kids um, in the bullying environment encounter being a nail um, many, many times themselves. So, um, so that analogy actually covers the gamut of, um, of quite a range of audiences. I'm starting with the business audience and um, ideally entrepreneurial uh, women um, because one of the, the biggest um, tools in our toolkit is the feminine forms of power, um, which we don't know what they are, number one, and nobody knows the value of the feminine forms of power. Um, and yet that's a tool that we have in our toolkit that nobody else has that is like phenomenal powerful right and um, and so if we can start using that energy because that's what I did is is as a management consultant I came in and I had the authority over this project team um, with the client team and I was working with with everybody in the organization and I was able to just be I wasn't a doing machine anymore I became the being being the queen being the project manager 
being the source of energy that people would be able to respond to. Um, and it was a complete different shift. That's not the way the corporate world works at all. <laughs> and yet recognizing what they were, the feminine forms of power, and being able to appreciate them, being able to use them effectively, generated the energy of flow. Um, but I could only do that in combination with and coordination with the masculine forms of power and energy. So we can't swing the pendulum from one end of the, of the spectrum to the other. We have to balance and have an, a harmony. Um, and then it actually creates a dance, um, a dance energy. Um, I don't know if you, you guys have been in, in different scenarios where you've been at a dance and um, in either their partner dance or um, with other women dancing on the floor together. And you, the energy that's created from that uh, and the flow that happens um, comes from that, um, that, that feminine energy, that, that playfulness, that um, creativity and innovative spark. Um, so how, how can we create that consciously in our work environment and make our work environments fun and fulfilling. Um, and that's my ultimate goal and intention for my business is to have people go to work and have fun and be fulfilled in the work that they do. So do you work with women and men? I do. So listening to you is funny because we were just talking about relationships and men and women. And so it's funny that you were right in the middle of this relate this conversation, but it's interesting because for many people, regardless of what our relationships in our homes look like, even at work, finding that balance of, of letting the, the male um, perspective, female perspective, and as you call it, feminine forms of power, which I love. I've never heard it. Love it, love it, love it. But you also talk about the masculine forms of power, but understanding the balance of powers. And that is something that I think everybody can say that they either struggled with or continue to struggle with in work, home, and community, you know, aspects. That's that's something that, and even especially in nowadays and in conversations and in the Me Too movement and all this stuff, it's relevant. I don't care who you are, where you are, where you work, it's relevant. And as a, a female entrepreneur, I struggled with whether to work with only women or men, but ultimately it came down to who is receptive and who will ask for help. And so it's, it's so interesting that you have this concept and this, this, um, this business because that's something that I can appreciate. I know I, I can definitely appreciate and would love to pick your brain further later on <laughs> how to incorporate or even reach out to men to get them to you know, be open to the same things that we, we as women have fought for and, and embrace in each other. You know, because I've often thought about the balance and that, you know, of having the same services offered and, and it came from working in corporate and working with men, but even looking at the, um, for me, I'm a psychologist and even in, in counseling and I, my last job was a treatment center. So attitudes, mentalities, and concepts, they're very relevant and, and even in the healing process. So, um. I said all that to say, like, what you're doing is, is, is not simplistic by any means. No. 
<laughs> and I no. bow down to you is what I'm saying because you are you're hitting the nail on the head on some stuff that needs to be hit on and um I I I I commend you. Yeah, and that that that's the thing. It's it's okay to hit the nail on the head for results and for products and services and so on. It's not okay to hit people's heads with the hammer. Love that. Um, and that's the whole, the image on my, the cover of, of uh, hopefully my eventual book, but the, the seminar series that I have has a hammer hitting a light bulb. And it's the whole concept of shining up light bulbs and being a leader in a new um, way of shining up light bulbs. But for me, my um, epiphany was to actually find that balance between masculine and feminine energy in myself first. Wow. Because we are all, we all contain both. Mm -hmm. Whether we're men, women, whatever sexual preference we have, or whatever we claim to be, it doesn't matter. We have a certain percentage, a certain amount of masculine energy and a certain amount of feminine energy. Um, and in order to come to terms with who you are, you have to first understand what that balance is within you um, and how you use it, um, which is why the 14 characters that I have help to explain and expand on it. Um, and maybe I can give you an example of one of them. Um, you were mentioning earlier about um, uh, some transitions that you're going through and um, that just got hit, you know, like, uh, you know, in the face with, with something major that needs to be changed. Yeah, those things um, have changed that you, you know that they may come, but you're never ready no matter when it is. Yeah, that part. Right. Well, the first character that usually shows up is called I'm a Victim. I hate saying that out loud, but I told somebody yesterday, I said, listen, I don't want you to tell me it's okay. I need you to let me feel for a minute. Have yeah. a little moment. Let me have it. And I tell everybody, everybody says, am I allowed to have it? And I said, yes, but you have to put a time limit on it. Right. And, and so the I'm a victim thinking is um, survival brain, right? And one of the first ways to tell that somebody's in I'm a victim thinking mode is the complaints, um, the complaints that come out. And people complain from different places. Um, some people complain from a place of apathy where it's, they just give up and they withdraw um, and they disappear from the conversation. And other people complain um, vociferously in front of people and include other people and go from one person to the next person to the next person to the next person and, and get their complaints heard by bigger audiences um, and start to basically infect other people with that complaint. Um, and that's not productive when you're trying to generate flow and you're trying to generate creative energy um, because it keeps everybody in that survival brain mode. So that's one of my, one of my characters. And it just, it's, it's a way to identify, help people bring that forward in their mind and, and hear it when they, when they start mentally talking it um, so that they can then make a choice to stay in I'm a victim mode or to choose not to. And for some people that's years, you know, and that's years and years 
10 years. Some people it's a season. Some people it's a day. Some people it's a day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But it's so relevant. Um, I'm going to stop talking because I can talk to you forever. Maya and Catherine, do you guys have any comments for Sharon? No, I think that uh, the I'm a victim mentality is very, very common in today's environment, both um, in our social interactions and in our workplace. You know, I can't think of a time when I worked in corporate where you wouldn't hear somebody complaining about, oh, my husband's this, or, you know, my girlfriend's that, or, you know, oh, my kids are just blah, blah, blah. And I always felt like, but where's the silver lining? So I think that you've really, you know, sort of shined a spotlight on what is innately a part of our human nature and trying to understand how to change people's way of thinking, I think is a very powerful tool. Um, and I think remembering to your point uh, that we need to take into consideration both um, the men in our lives uh, whether they're fathers or, or uncles or friends or whatever, and the women in our lives, our sisters, our colleagues, our friends, um, and take the energy and take their offering as as what it is and embrace the energy and the offerings that they bring um, and process it all. Some of it is, you know, feminine energy coming from our male um, uh, uh, friends or, or colleagues or whatever and some of it is you know male energy coming from our, our female friends and colleagues and it can't just be it's not just one uh, one size fits all it's not just male energy coming from men and female energy coming from women I think that's I think that's a really powerful thing for us all to remember thank you so much for shining that spotlight there you're welcome and that was my intention was to shine spotlight shine a light on on these concepts and then share it with people and help coach people through that exercise because it does take a lot of effort and energy to harmonize within yourself and then with the others around you and maya yeah i just i i think that um the concepts are phenomenal and definitely uh, transitional as each person goes through each of those stages and characters one at a time sometimes simultaneously uh, in different aspects so I think that it is it, it is profound to find a balance and to recognize the power of each stage uh, regardless it's recognizing when you're in a particular stage that can bring you healing and transformative power to go to the next stage. So I think that that's um, very needed work. <laughs> <laughs> the power of the stage, that just hit me. Like there's there even go. power in that statement. You know, we, we often don't, we don't allow the stages to have the power that they need to have to make the change that it's gonna make. And you know, for me, I'm going through season change and um, in every way, shape and form of being a woman, and, and so, you know, you just spoke to me when you said that, Maya, you know, the power, you know, of that. So thank you, even for your comment. Thank you. Yeah, I think that that is so uh, important um, as psychologists, as therapists, as the work that we do. Often it is important 
to recognize that whatever stage someone finds themselves in, that is um, the power in them being able to recognize the stage, not necessarily recognizing the choices they're going to make to get out of it, but the power in just understanding where am I at this time? What am I feeling? What, what is the lesson to be learned at this stage? Is it helping me? Is it not helping me? Um, it is so empowering. And so many times we're at the next moment before we're in the moment that we're actually in. And I think that that is um, one of the things that I'm trying to live is in the moment of recognizing circumstances, environmental variables, whatever is going on and appreciate each moment at a time. Guilty again. <laughs> Brilliant. That's amazing. I love it. All right. Well, um, we're going to go to Catherine next. Catherine, can you tell us about yourself, what it is that you do, and how it is that you came about your business? Hi, Anika. Yeah, I'd be very happy to share that. It's um, it's my, my, I guess, kind of my fourth baby, if you will. <laughs> um, so I started this little adventure um, out of necessity. Um, in July 2017, um, I had packed up my house and I was moving to Dallas, Texas with my two kids and um, having previously gotten permission from my ex to relocate um, 10 days before we were slated to move, like the house was packed up here. We had a house all set down there. Um, the movers were scheduled and paid for, um, you name it. Um, like we were going, um, 10 days before we were moving, I ended up in a custody battle that is still ongoing to this day. Um, because I was transferring from my job, um, as it turns out, if you can't relocate for your job, then you no longer have a job. That's kind of the way that works. Um, so um, here I am um, with no job and two kids to support. And uh, I was job hunting and I was spinning my wheels. Um, and I thought, well, shoot, I did all this work for this other company um, and there's no reason why I can't do it for myself. I know, I know I have the contacts, I have the wherewithal, I have the knowledge. It's ridiculous that I don't try to do this for myself. Um, so I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I founded Cat Communications. Um, and we are a um, full service turnkey solutions provider for small to mid-sized businesses. Um, we have this incredible breadth of services that we can offer nationwide because we have technicians in all 50 states. Um, we have years of experience with a variety of different manufacturers and VoIP, which is voice over the internet protocol um, for both cloud-based and on-premise telephone systems. Um, we uh, offer everything for our customers, including repairing and maintaining their existing business telephone system. We can upgrade their service from the copper pot, traditional AT&T telephone line 
to the voice over IP or VoIP system. Um, we can help with security cameras and alarms because I have technicians that are certified to take care of that for us. Um, we have technicians that can help with computer networking. We have fiber and data cabling available. Um, we can help with um, our customers saving them money, um, which is usually a, a huge hot topic for, for small businesses and mid-sized businesses. And I guess I should say by small to mid-sized businesses, I mean companies that have 20 telephones in-house in all the way up to 250 telephones in-house. Um, so there's a, a huge range of customers in there. Um, we've got experience working with trucking companies. We've got experience working with real estate agencies, doctor's offices, um, just regular office offices. Um, we can, you know, pay attention to your pain point, hear what matters to you, and really give our customers the one-on-one -on -one, um, customer service and support that only a small business like mine can offer you. Um, because we offer the one-on-one -on -one, um, with our customers, we we really feel like our customers become part of our family. Uh, you know, we understand, you know, their business telephone needs, of course, but through through the course of the project, we'll understand your how old your kids are, where they're at, are they in college, are they in elementary school? Oh, you've got an anniversary coming up. That's wonderful. Um, well, you know, we mark it in our calendar, um, and then on your anniversary, you'll get a card from us because that's important to me to have that personalized touch, so that my customers really and truly understand that we do care so much more than some of these big giant organizations. You know, think of like your Comcast or your CenturyLink um, or your Spectrum. Um, where you just call and you're, you're a number and, you know, you push one for sales and two for service and, you know, if you have a question, take a ticket and we'll get back to you in three weeks. You know, it's not, that's not how I roll. That's not how, what I appreciate. Um, and, and I don't know anybody that enjoys that. Honestly, I've never met anybody that in, enjoys being, just being one of the masses, like you're a sheep or something. So can you emphasize what you wrote? You said you want to talk about the importance of women in technology. I'm sitting here listening Absolutely. to you, and I literally just went through this with Spectrum and trying to, you know, make sure that we have what we need, especially being a home-based business and talking to women across the globe. You know, we have Sharon in Canada, but I speak to people from Australia and New Zealand and, and all these places, and this is something that we're dependent on. So you're the first woman that I have talked to that does this. Can you talk about, you, you mentioned how you started in a male-based industry, but can you emphasize how important it is and, and what it means to you to be a woman doing what you do? Absolutely. Um, so exactly to your point, Anika, um, I've been to so many seminars and trainings and conventions where you know, people just assume that I'm an employee and not the owner. It's very rare for there to be a woman owner in this industry. Um, and I think it's an untapped market. I think most of my customers would agree that the personalized, empathetic touch that you get from working with a female-based um, 
company is much different than you get from a male-based company. And that's, I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm not a feminist. I don't bash men. I love men. I have two wonderful young men that I'm raising. Um, I just think from my perspective and from that of the customers and those who I've talked to, um, it's a different and refreshing change. Um, because you know, as we were just listening to, um, women do bring a fresh perspective and a more empathetic perspective um, to the workforce and to understanding problems and problem solving. Um, we just think differently than men. Um, and that's not good or bad, or it's, it's just different is all it is. Um, and so I think there needs to be more um, of me in the world, if you will. Um, I think there needs to be more women who are driven in technology um, to start their own company, be entrepreneurs in a tech industry. Um, I think that, yeah, as I said, I think it's just an untapped market and it's, it's a shame. I think we need to be teaching our young ladies about engineering um, so that, you know, they can go and take over the world someday um, or at least be offering them a fighting chance if that's what they choose. Um, I think that, you know, young men have always been um, treated as though they can absolutely succeed in a tech industry. And I think that we're starting to see a glimmer of hope in the young ladies that are, you know, coming of age and learning and ed being educated that it is a possibility and there is that opportunity if they so choose. And I think that needs to be encouraged more um, so that we can see more you know, owners of telecom companies in the future. I couldn't agree with you more, Catherine. And um, 10 of my years in the corporate business world were spent in telecommunications um, with telecommunications billing software uh, solutions. Mm -hmm. um, traveled all through North America, uh, worked with all kinds of different lines of business uh, and industries, um, and did the needs assessment and, and helped to support all of our customers um, and start up competitive local exchange carriers uh, in the US and Canada uh, as well and all of the different lines of, of business including it looks like sounds like yours is is replicating the network operation center of a of a large carrier um, service that, that you're you're offering your customers which is phenomenal um, love that business and definitely recognize the difference in the energy from the feminine forms of power um, that I started to connect with with some of the women in the, the same field um, have been in that tech field in IT industry for a lot of years and uh, definitely recognize that there, there's a, a stigma there and a disconnect um, in terms of the feminine forms of power and energy um, definitely would like to see way more of that and the heart-based listening conversations and the heart-based business operations is where um, everyone, the, the business, the global corporate industries have to go um, and started learning about all of that from the difference between voice telecommunications and data telecommunications. And if you think about it, um, voice telecommunications, the way it used to be, you pick up a phone, you get dial tone and you're instantly connected and it's a connection conversation, right? Whereas data is usually fraught with, well, what service, what level, 
Um, how much bandwidth do you have? How much do you need? Like all this conversation, Anika, you just had with Spectrum on the setup is mostly around the data communication side. Um, whereas the, the copper wire, two pair copper wire um, telecommunications um, voice environment was completely different. And um, I started in the voice environment and then merged my way into the data environment, which is much the same as starting in the masculine environment, merging into the feminine <laughs> in many ways. It's, it's, it's a similar communications thread, um, connection flow that had to change um, and, and modify through the years. So I, I, can, I can hear all of that and I love the fact that you're doing this. Um, definitely, uh, I agree with you that we need more women in business, in technology, in the tech sector, um, who are doing, um, leading the way with that caring, heart-centered um, business framework that actually generates more revenue and income than the cold, heartless, um, I don't care about you, you're a number business. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah, and I think you know, <clears throat> the end of the at the end of the day, everybody wants to be heard, and everybody wants to be um, understood. Not just heard, but actually understood, which is right. So you don't just talk; you hear yourself talking. You don't just wait for a break in the conversation so that you can have your rebuttal ready. And I think that uh, that a piece that is a learned skill. And I think that because women are, tend to be more um, empathic beings, we innately have that. We just have to remember to tap into it because, you know, life gets in the way and we're busy and, you know, things happen. But I think, you know, to raise our young men to, to process that empathetic side of them and that um, nurturing side of them is, is, you know, wonderful in your home. And then the, the young men go off to, to college and being an empath and, you know, understanding and kind and supportive is sort of, to your point, beaten out of them. And they've been badgered and beat over the head so that they're not in tune with it anymore. And I think, you know, it's, it's not that they're incapable. I think it's just a matter of reminding them um, but, you know, I think that with the way that technology is changing so quickly, um, it's difficult to keep on top of everything, how to be an empathetic listener and, you know, compassionate and, you know, all of these wonderful things that we as human beings have and also, you know, keep up with technology. I think it's, it's, it's too difficult. You know, I, I know a lot of the folks that are going to college now to to learn about telecom now are um, essentially they're learning outdated equipment which is unfortunate and I think you know just remembering to um, to find for customers um, a company that will be empathetic and will die and um, the company and as an organization whose job, like CAT Communications, is to be empathetic, to hear your pain points, to listen, and to help you truly find a solution that can 
meet your business needs so you're not any, you know, you don't have any downtime, you're not spending oodles and oodles of money, but somebody that you can develop a long-term relationship with where you can pick up the phone 24-7 and say, I have a problem and you don't have to go through 27 prompts on an auto attendant to finally find a live person who doesn't understand anything you're talking about that maybe their IT or tech support can possibly potentially understand and maybe help you. And I, I just think that's poor business. Um, and I think that, you know, unfortunately, um, a lot of people have to suffer like that. And, and so my goal with CAT Communications is to make it customer centric and easy and straightforward while saving you money. Wow, I just am just awed. <laughs> uh, your your company and, and the uh, work that you do, um, and I probably can speak as as a business owner from the aspect of probably being intimidated when I had to um, find phone services and go through all of the the statistics and you know who was the best and whatever and um it is it's a world that either you're in or or a world that you're kind of not in so for those of us that are in the not in world uh, your company sounds phenomenal um and i am sure that there is probably a gap to help um individuals as myself that end up just going with whatever is out there because they're maybe the best rated or so forth and not even knowing that there are other options that would listen to you. It's, it's sometimes okay. amazing that we get into this, this system where we feel that there is nothing else that could be offered. You kind of almost expect to for people not to answer your questions, you ex you know, it's an automatic response to uh, expect that you're going to push a number and go through the automated system. Um, and, and, and that's unfortunate. You know, when I was uh, looking for our company and the different things, I so wish that somebody could explain all of the different options that were out there and so forth. And a lot of times just because not being as computer savvy, but having to, you know, having to exist, having to move through school and so forth, you accommodate um, and you do whatever is necessary. However, this world of technology can be intimidating for several women. Absolutely. And I think, intimidating for business owners that are not in this universe if you will in general you know I, I mean let's be honest you know the person that's concerned about a water testing facility or a trucking company or a real estate agency they don't really care right not to sound callous but they really don't care how the phone system works they just want the stupid thing to work they wanted to do the thing that they wanted to do when they needed to do it and that's it. They don't, they don't much care after that. They care when it comes to a pain in the wallet and they care when it comes to 97 prompts on the auto attendant. But otherwise, you know, for them, they want to know that they can pick up the phone 
reach an actual human being on the second ring and they don't have to understand the inner workings. They don't want to know about the programming that goes into, you know, making the uh, phone system in your uh, telephone room twin with your cell phone so that, you know, if you're not at your desk, it'll ring on your cell phone as well. They don't care. They don't, they just don't care. They just want it to work. Exactly. I want to thank you for what it is that you do because now I know who I'm going to call from now on. And <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I can't say I've met another woman that does it. And I can't say that I've met another woman that talks about it like you do and knows what you're talking about. So um, I was, I, I was daydreaming about the growth of my business and how, when I need the 20 to 250 phones set up and, and sites and all that. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be ready for you. Like you inspire me. I'm your new BFF. Yes, yep. you are because BFF. technology <laughs> is our world now. And I cannot it tell is. you how crazy it's been for the last week because we went from residential to business to residential, you know, and, and they know that you need it. So, you know, you're kind of mm -hmm. the mercy of not understanding and just having to go with whatever, because you're just overwhelmed and confused and you just give up. So you bring peace to a lot of people that don't even know that they need you yet and know that I'm going to let them know that they need you because um, this is amazing. But you also talked about the things that I wanted listeners to hear. You talked about the fact that, you know, you went through a custody battle. You thought that you had planned your life a certain way and then it went a different way. Most of our businesses started from a problem or an unmet need. And you gave me that. Mm -hmm because that's exactly what happened. And unfortunately, we tend to need that push because we don't believe in ourselves. Yes. Other people believe in us, but we don't believe in us. And therefore we get forced into a situation and then we have accidental success. And Sharon said something earlier about accidents. And unfortunately we're stubborn and hardheaded and it has to be accidental, but she said it could be. Mm -hmm. So from now on living intentionally in your women in technology run business um you are a boss and i commend you so thank um, you thank you for what you do and not only doing it well but as a single mom i i give you 18 thumbs up so um <laughs> this is just the beginning of our relationship and i know you got to tend to your single momness and your business businessness i make up words um and so um thank you for being here and this is not goodbye. This is definitely we'll talk later. Ladies, do you guys have anything to say to her? You have two BFFs. <laughs> uh, no, you have three. I'm definitely going to be connecting with you, Catherine. There's a lot of uh, similarities in what we do and, and what we've done in support we can maybe help with each other. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I'll be sending you a link, Catherine, so that you can connect with us on CEO of She on my Facebook group where all the women from the podcast and all where we support each other and collaborate. Oh, wonderful. That's so exciting. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Anika. It was lovely to meet all of y'all. Thank you. Likewise. This is awesome. 
All right. We are now going to go to. Bye, Catherine. We're going to go to Maya. And I am um, so excited about this because, Maya, you do what I do and have done for 20 years. And so I already know you're going to speak my language. And so I'm going to sit back and let you speak it. I'm just going to wallow and gloat because this is a movement that I am trying to launch. And, um, and I've had a really hard time, but I see that it's starting to pick up and you give me hope. So go ahead and take it away. Tell everybody who, who you are, what you do and why you do what you do. All right. Well, I am ecstatic to be with you ladies. This was a very refreshing uh, conversation today. Um, so what I do, or let's start from the beginning. The name of my company is Open Door Living Association. Um, and we also have uh, our secondary company, Belief Eclectic Learning. And what we do is we specialize in mental health services for the diverse population. Um, we really focus on multicultural, competent, mental health services. Basically, allowing people to have their own experience based upon their culture, their diversity in mental health, understanding that most um, psychology concepts, principle constructs are very westernized and come from a dominant uh, organ ordination and uh, origination basically and some of those views can be somewhat slighted biased or skewed and not necessarily representative of the totality of people that need services so a couple of things that i have done is first of all, I've been an educator. I was a Montessori educator for 20 some years. I owned a, and operated a Montessori school. From there, I went back and um, finished my clinical psychology uh, master's and became a psychologist. From there, I uh, went and got my certification as a board certified behavior analyst. And now I'm working on my uh, PhD in international psychology and uh, secondary doctorate as a behavior analyst, uh, a BCBAD. And what I do currently is I specialize with individuals um, that have autism currently. And the some of our primary clinics um, or the going force, because we handle all type of mental health services, particularly focusing on women's needs in mental health, even though we serve male clients, um, women kind of uh, sometimes may be in the role of a caregiver or a provider for uh, an individual with special needs. And oftentimes what we find is that there is a grief and loss process when um, individuals, women especially, are put in those roles as caregivers. And so we try to connect with women, especially, um, as they have 
maybe somehow went through grief and loss processes and not known that they were in those stages or recognized um, that maybe they died to their dreams or they had to mourn who they thought they would be or how they thought life would end up and transition. And so we try to be very mindful of those experiences. Um, and we try especially to focus in the African-American community, especially um, to build female relationships of sisterhood and understanding that we are not at odds. We are not enemy one to the other or, or to other women. Um, and, and we just have to understand why those systematic things were set up for us to operate in that way. Particularly with the work I do on a daily basis in the autism community, um, I basically uh, write treatment plans and service several families. Um, and what I find is that women deal with having a child with special needs a little differently. Um, and often those are unhidden, those are hidden losses that they don't feel justified to speak about or to give voice to. And, and that's a hard, hard, hard thing um, to, for someone to be able to say, I, I didn't expect this child. This, this is a trauma to me. I'm doing the best that I can as a mother, but I'm angry and I'm hurt right now that this is my lot. This is what I'm dealing with. Um, and often there is not a moment from the point that you receive the diagnosis that your child has a particular label um, where anyone sits with you and says, okay, what happened there? You got this label, now what does that mean, right? And so I believe that that's a transition phase. Um, and often some people are stuck in that phase and every single aspiration of and every idea of the the, the little uh, joy that you receive from the hospital is and you're walking the child down the aisle and you're all of these things that could still happen at the point that a parent receives the diagnosis they don't know what the outcome is going to be especially if there's any um, physical limitations as well, besides just the developmental limitations. So we try to be sensitive to that um, as well, as just being here as women that can talk women's language as they go through different psychological phases and stages, as they become, as they change, as they blossom. Um, and, and we love to encourage others to look within themselves to create um, and just realize that no matter what the stage is, there's always something better that can come from it when you, when you recognize it. And that's what we do. So you um, amaze me because I have been in school for nine years getting my degree in clinical psychology. Okay. And so um, my health has really been an issue, but I was in uh, mental health and addiction and 
and I got into it because of mental health in my own family. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's something that you talk about in our community and things that people don't want to talk about. You're talking about all those conversations that don't want to be had, which is why this podcast is called Your Voice, Your Power, because people don't understand the power of their voice. But when we sit and suffer in silence, there is no no growth. You know, we grieve in silence. We go through these stages in life. We we take diagnoses, but we, we put on the, the, the brave face and just do it. We often don't ask questions. We often don't ask for help. We often don't you know, educate ourselves wholly, or if we do, we try to do it ourselves instead of going to get educated. So you're talking about all the things that that I get, that I've lived, that I learned the hard way, and that have caused me to be who I am today. Mm -hmm. So I really thank you. And in addition, last night, I had a podcast with a single mother who is a business owner with a son with autism. Mm. And she's African-American. And so it's so funny that you on today when she was just on a few hours ago and um she talked about trying to run her business you know by herself feeling guilty of needing to travel and do the things that she needs to do and you know taking him with her and and you you said something that that hit me not only for parents caregivers african-american women not just for any of them for everybody is that we are given tasks and roles that we don't ask for Mm-hmm. And we aren't given the time to process. Mm-hmm. We are not given the time to heal. And we are not given the time to grieve. Right. And I don't think that people understand what that means or what it yeah. looks like. Can you shed light on what this looks like? Because I often talk about anxiety and depression. I talk about the correlation between anger and anxiety because people often don't, they, they misperceive what somebody's going through or what they're doing or what their actions are, not understanding that there's an underlying issue that, that they may not even be able to verbalize. Mm-hmm. So can you shed some light on what that is? Yes, absolutely. So the, the, so the one thing that I notice in our society is the urgency to move people to the next the next step the next stage and one of the things that i've come to appreciate is what i call unlabeling so we are given a lot of labels um and it is not until that we can pull ourselves from those labels that we begin to see who are we at our core. Um, and when we can do that, we recognize that those labels bring association. And those associations take us from our one-mindedness, our single-mindedness. Um, and whenever we are not single-minded, we're all over the place. And um, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible says, a a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And one of the things we understand is whenever we're thinking multiple thoughts, right? What is that? That's that bipolar schizophrenia. I mean, all of our mental illnesses, all of our depression, all of our things that we have a label for are usually attended when we're not, as Sharon said, in balance, right? When we're not bringing things together to work in harmony. 
And so as we think about that and we go on, we have to kind of sit and wonder how many things were added on to us that took us away from our core, our foundation, our root, that stem that goes way down into the tree and then blossoms out into so many other things, right? When that's all over the place, when you got part of a root on this side of the land and part of a root over in somebody else's land, then it's really difficult for it to grow and flourish, right? And so if we think about our minds in that kind of way, we have to think about all of the things that have been deposited and are, are rising up that are roots that come from a lot of people's expectations, a lot of other, other uh, what we were told that we were gonna be, what society says, what corporate America says, what a, a, a spouse may say, what your children might say, all of the things that pull you away from who you are. And once we go through a process of unlabeling and pulling those things off and saying, yep, right now I don't need that label and I don't, you know, um, then we begin to get healing because certain things serve as um, not only a distraction, but they serve as a new identity. So if I am only a mother, then what does that mean? Where does it begin and where does it end? If I'm only a wife, then where does that begin and where does it end? If I'm only an employee, where does that begin and where does it end? If I'm only a CEO, then where does that begin and where does it end? So it is a matter of understanding what labels, what words have we said about ourselves, what have we identified with and made law and, and tapped into the feminine energy and masculine energy within ourselves and made that a part of our character instead of using it as, oh, this is where I operate at this time and not at this time, we have no boundaries, we have no borders, and all of us is an open field, and therefore it is no wonder that we have tons of mental distress, tons of disharmony within ourselves, because we are in everything at all times, trying to move to someone else's beat, trying, and we're just all over the place. And that is, if that is within you, then there is no way that it won't come out of you. I think that's awesome and brilliant. Um, there's a lot of connections too um, with the, the the distinctions that I created in terms of, of helping with the business transformations because it's the same kind of thing, right? You know, people have to transition from being slapped in the face with something, um, and they have to go through the grieving process and understand what parts they're playing with the different pieces and how to uh, harmonize all the different elements of themselves into one whole um, because we are really one whole and to get back to who you are as you yourself um, rather than the expectations of everybody else and um, especially in a, a corporate work environment where you're really trying to push for survival and um, get your career off the ground and get 
know, um, there's so much uh, competition uh, and, and there's so much in terms of dynamics and, um, you know, in personal lives as well as in business. And then, you know, but going through that whole exercise is that area of um, what I've been working on, on uh, business transformational change. And I know that we used um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the, the, the stages of grieving. Um, and they actually marry with my seven chapters, um, you know, and the different steps that, that help people go through that mental block. But you're absolutely right in terms of taking the labels away um, and disconnecting from the expectations that those labels set up um, to find out the fundamentals of the truth of, you know, who you are when you're in a certain role, who you need to be. Um, who you want to be, um, you know, and then who you are being, and then uh, look at the cost that that is um, charging you, you know, in terms of your relationships and, and uh, your lifestyle and, you know, the care uh, of your children and uh, the other people in your lives, right? So it's, I think, I love the work that you're doing that's really um, well connected. And then to take it through those, those stages, right, and help people get clarity and then gain um, something new, a new sense of opportunity, a new sense of um, options that they, in the previous thinking, in the previous labels, were closed to. They, you know, when you're in those labels and you're in that thinking, you can't actually identify opportunities or other options and you think you have no choice um, and to me choices is fundamentally um, one of the the biggest forms of power and energy that we have as human beings um, you know and we have unlimited infinite choices whether you are an autistic individual or you have cerebral palsy like my um, one of my nephews has um, or you have um, anything else fibromyalgia that you're dealing with or or what have you right um these days i'm dealing with sciatica just got diagnosed with that it's not pretty it's not happy mm -hmm. um and you know but you have to you're hit by it but now you got to deal with it and and find the abundance in it find the place and space where you know well i can still dance I can still have the opportunity to be who mm -hmm. I am. I can still have that spirit of playful energy around what I do, even though, yeah, there's some pain um, and maybe I'm not sleeping because of it, but, uh, but you can bring in the, the options and opportunities. So what you do is uncover the options and opportunity. Yeah. Um, and for the what that you're working with. I, I appreciate that, Sharon. What, what I find with the work that I'm doing is that so many in, individuals have only become a label, have only become what they were told. And, and society and, and, and the world in which we live is a very powerful voice. Um, mm. And often our circumstances, what, what side of the track we're on, where we live or whatever, really is such a powerful voice that it really takes a lot of great work to get down to where you feel like, what is the choice in where I am, right? right. Um, 
and that that's a hard one, right? What and everybody's individual experience is so unique and so it's similar in a lot of ways, but so unique in certain aspects to what they think and what they feel and what they experience. Um, and so it is so important to give value to the work that each person um, goes through in the time and space that they do. And it's just phenomenal to see how one person can look at a particular situation and someone else with a different set of dynamics can look at it completely different. Um, so I, I think that that's the power of what we're doing. I, I, I work in corporate America and then I also have my own agency, which I long to just be able to be separated from <laughs> corporate at all, but I, I serve a lot of families for other uh, companies. And one of the disheartening things is the lack of diversity in understanding the different individual experiences, especially that go across culture. Right. Um, and it's, it's just really phenomenal. You know, it, it's just amazing. I just got back from Ghana um, in January, and in November, I'll be going to Hong Kong. And in February, I'll be going to India. Each and every country has a different understanding um, and belief system on the etiology of autism. And so the way in which they deal with that particular uh, disorder will vary quite differently. Right. And what, I, what I'm enjoying about my journey the most is challenging myself to understand and identify with someone else's perspective you know outside of just empathy and feeling for them but to really understand because my decision making has to be based upon the world in which they live in if that makes sense it makes perfect sense yeah and it's 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 really phenomenal to see how we can all live in the u.s but each experience is so different yeah. And how we respond to loss and damage or threat or whatever will be completely different, even though we live in this particular similarity. When you go over to other countries, it is a whole nother way of thinking and being, you know, and it challenges us to really say, okay, how do I formulate all of this stuff that I've learned and make it important to help the individual that I'm serving. And um, have you ever been to Canada? Yes, I've been to Vancouver. Nice. Canada is a very multicultural yes. um, uh, country. And yes. we have um, our social cultures in every community mm -hmm. are varied um, and multidimensional. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, one of the things that I've been trying to do for years in the corporate community is to help get the diverse opinions from the different cultures understood. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of unleashing that innovative energy, mm 
Yeah. The, the more the, the more diversity you have, the better off you are in mm -hmm. terms of the creativity and innovation, right? Mm -hmm. and so one of the things that I've been harping on is having listening conversations. Um, and this is what you're talking about in terms of understanding below the level of the labels, below the level of, um, you know, motivation. Mm -hmm. um, what are, what's the belief system that's driving it? What's the understanding that this individual and their culture um, are saying to them and they are saying to their culture um, mm -hmm. about what their situation is and how they're handling it and how everybody individually deals with it in, in different ways. Um, and I, I think that that just, um, it, it's really important for us to start embracing the uh, ability to have conversational intelligence. Um, mm. And I, I recently started taking a course. There's a, a woman who actually wrote a book called Conversational Intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, it's, it, it's mind-breaking work. Like it's, it's, um, it's revolutionary and it's connected to um, the neuroscience, mm. right? uh, the brain and, and, and how cortisol and uh, oxytocin work. Mm -hmm. uh, together and in synchronicity and how to shift conversations so that you can bring out more um, oxytocin mm -hmm. and, and diminish um, the, the impacts of cortisol mm -hmm. uh, by having those listening conversations in very specific ways mm -hmm. that take people out of the I thinking mm -hmm. into the we thinking um, that, yeah. that, that you were talking about earlier, right? The I brain, the ego centric brain. Into yeah. the brain, right the community the the cultural brain um of the different cultures that, that you're working with i think that's pretty cool I, I i do i think the challenge sometimes though is the the we thinking um has to be facilitated in a certain way and um and i think the challenge is when you have learned that everyone is your enemy right You've been attacked from every, you, your position not to have that conversation until you can rise above that. Um, and the masses of work that, that we often do, especially in the minority cultures, right. are from, from abuse place, from that victim place that you, you, you they're, they're, they're in defense, right? They're, they're, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just like uh, on guard, right? Yep. Because that's, that, that's life, uh, not only in America right now, but I mean, that, that's, that's the life of anyone that is not in power, is that they are in attack mode. They're trying mm -hmm. to preserve. They're trying to survive. And right. like what you said, the work of trying to get out of survival mode is so key. Sometimes the things that we talk about are so unrealistic because I'm just trying to survive. The conversation I have with a client that's trying to, feed, trying to figure out what they're gonna eat is completely different than the conversation I have with somebody who is, you know, has a child with autism, however, they're not worried about their medical bill. Right. It's, it's a totally different conversation. 
Uh -huh. the, the, the conversation that I have with a Hispanic parent that may be wondering if they're going to get deported with their child that's receiving, seeing these wonderful services here um, because they're in the U.S. right now, they're getting treatment for their child and all of that is going to end because they might be undocumented or, or whatever. Those, those, that's the reality, you know? totally different conversation it would it would be wonderful to bring everybody together to talk about you know to have a dialogue to understand but it is uh everybody's world is so different you know and unless we can take the threat away from each in individual entity yep i wonder about the conversation that we're having am i having a conversation just to appease and to go along with the status quo yeah. or am I able to expose to you what my real life is really like and it's and it takes a certain mentality to jump into that kind of complexity it does it's complex it's a it's it's really challenging and you don't know where it's gonna go and that's okay right um, but it's it's a lot of fun having those conversations too I just wish people felt safe being able to to speak their truth, you know? And I started a, a nonprofit um, in July and it got nowhere because it's really hard to get people to understand what I'm trying to do. And I simply wanted to create an app and to have a safe place for people to be able to ask for help and come get services without bias, without judgment, without having all these restrictions because when you have a lot of grant funded programs and things like that, there's always a loophole that somebody doesn't qualify for. And I want to break those barriers. There's so many people out there that, that want help, but have tried. And for whatever reason, whether it was lack of empathy or misunderstanding or whatever, they were turned away. And, and as we spoke, you know, Sharon, I do have fibromyalgia. And when we talk about people identifying as their label, it, it really is hard because a lot of people see that as a barrier. They see that because that's how people label them when they go somewhere. And so it's hard to teach them to disassociate and, and to push past it. Um, I know I, I use the hashtag wear your label because for me, you know, being labeled with PTSD or fibromyalgia or whatever, I was afraid for a long time to say those things, but now I wear it because guess what? You know, I, I have overcome those things and every day I still get up and every day that I get out of the bed, it is it is an accomplishment. So if you wanna say, yes, I have it, yes, I do, and I push past and, and you can too. So, you know, it's it's the perspective and like you guys say, the environment and the attitude and the resilience, but but ultimately the support it has to be there and and it it varies per corner per community per county per state per country it is so different just per click of the internet you can get one thing or you can get something else that will change the trajectory of how you perceive yourself how you perceive your diagnosis and your illness how you perceive your family the anger the frustration and the energy and and for me i know i did the victim thing for about 10 years you know it was like why do i keep getting diagnosed with spinal stenosis copd fibromyalgia and then told this morning you know yesterday you have to have surgery and you know they give me 20 days to process you know it's these things are are not minor 
You know, these, these are things that we identify ourselves as and, and things that our lives matter, you know? And so when, when we get these labels and when we talk to somebody, people often, they just, they take all the personality and, and, and the feeling and emotion out of things and, and don't allow us to grieve or process. And there has to be a way that we can provide that safety some way, shape or form. And I know through my agency, I really trying to bring people together. And that's why Maya, when I saw what you do, whenever I see somebody that gets that, it is a breath of fresh air because many don't. And we, we got to find a way to stick together to make this, this, this a movement because it's, you know, we're getting more, more intense diagnoses and in depth, you know, complicated, um, illnesses and, and cognitive, you know, disabilities that people don't understand. And I know Taraji Henson, she's doing a, a foundation now because people aren't getting educated to be able to work. People aren't picking psychology anymore. You know, I love psychology. I love learning about people and behaviors. We need more. And so I'm, I'm on the bandwagon. And I'm listening to you guys talk and just the joy of you two having this conversation and, and <laughs> getting it. It's like to be a, amongst women who get it. And yeah, it's I'm just sitting here just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, and it's a wonderful dialogue and it is so needed on all ends because we do, we do have to understand that everybody's experiences is so unique. And that there, even though the labels go across the, the gamut. Yep. Counties, lines. The, 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 the yeah. label for me does not mean the same thing as the label for you. But it's, it's really, what's really important, Maya, and I think that this is key here, is that you, we need courageous people like you who are willing to go down there and have those nasty, gnarly conversations because yeah. they're not easy, right? Um, no. None of this is easy. <laughs> it's probably, probably one of the biggest challenges. Um, I once had a, a conversation with guys about uh, the concept of team, um, which I never got, um, you know, and I get how, how um, in the masculine that the whole team sport and team energy is, is really important to them and, and the, the analogies and so on that they were bringing out were you're either in the stands or in the field, you know, but for me it was always, but it's still just a game, mm. right? It's not, it's only played for points. Mm. It's not. Then I was around the same time I was dealing with my uh, grandmother mm. and getting her into a home. Um, and I was working with my mom and my aunt, um, you know, together, the three of us, we were supporting grandma through this transition, which was a very difficult, emotional, traumatic mm -hmm. transition. And I'm going, that's in the field. <laughs> those conversations, those are the ones that are the gnarly ones. Mm -hmm. And that's playing the game. That's being in the field, right? That's mm -hmm. not, you're not standing in the stands, you mm -hmm. know, when you're having those kinds of conversations. So I think this is something that feminine energy mm -hmm. um, to people in the globe today, mm -hmm. um, that we can have these conversations uh, at these levels, but we need courageous people like you who 
are willing to go there because yeah. it's not easy. <laughs> it's no, and like Anita, <laughs> Anika was saying, the, the, the issue is that we may get it, we may understand it, but reaching yeah. out and trying to convince, there is probably more pushback than you could probably even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. We're talking yeah. about uh, diversity and when you come to a place where you understand yeah, this is this is the label that I wear. Um, and for me, it's it's the educational titles that I have, right? Um, a lot of times I service people all over, right, in, in several different communities. So uh, I walk up and like uh, I think Catherine was saying about how she's not expected to be the CEO. She's not expected to be the speaker or or this or that. Um, and and blatantly so um, <laughs> um and, and i i i'm i i understand that even that for me has been a process to understand that just because i may have a certain title i have to also bring maya to the table i have to understand that a label or a title does not authenticate who I am mm -hmm. even though that that might be someone else's experience mm -hmm. um, I have to understand that uh, in certain cultures and certain conversations the it's an uncomfortable conversation to talk about different perspectives yeah yeah and in, and in order for other people to open up and be vulnerable you have to show up vulnerable too Mm -hmm. um, or first right mm -hmm. and you have to show up as a human being um you know in different ways mm -hmm. than anybody else does in any other work that anybody does on this planet um and so i appreciate you for who you are and what you yeah. bring because that is courage and it is um an integrity um to a, a great degree and um and such a passion uh, to actually commit to this uh, and get the results that you're looking to achieve from it is, is um, I honor you. That, um, you. <laughs> it's, it's been a it's, joy it's, to it's, talk to you ladies. I really, <laughs> uh, oh, it's been a great conversation. I love yeah, this. It's been phenomenal. Well, this is just the beginning because I know who to call when I need to um, have the speaker for my retreat to have this mental <laughs> wellness conversation. I mean, I'm, I'm putting together, you know, the, the mental health professionals because it's really hard to find and, and it's not a, a easy topic, you know? Yeah. And so, but, but we, we got to do something. So thank you for what you do. Um, love your spirit and love what you do. Also, uh, Sharon has given me this thing. My, my favorite statement for the day is, what is it? Feminine. Hold on. I, I took notes. Feminine. I know, right? I'm still in it. it? The, the, Feminine forms of power. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. That's, Feminine that, forms that of right power. I, um, I have just sold that. I got to I'm writing it down so I can use Completely that. underestimated in our world today. Absolutely. Yes. And yes. undervalued. Yes. And so critical. Yes. To where we're going in the future together. And to me, it speaks strength. Yeah. And, and you know, it, 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 it just, 
it exemplifies strength and and that's what it is and so i thank you ladies for being here amazing conversation and i thank hope you, that for doing you know it was an accident but um i'm grateful for it <laughs> I, I i just took a leap of faith and and the panels was an accident, but it has brought me so much joy. And I'm going through probably the hardest time of my life in the last three weeks. But this podcast has just really given me, it's given me spirit, it's given me life. And to be able to talk to women with power, it, it gives me, it gives me encouragement. This is phenomenal. So anything that I can do to support you ladies and connect, I am more than willing. So let's keep the conversation going and the work going. Well, like I am going to put all of your information, both of you on um, my nobodygreaterinc.com website. I'm building a business directory. I am shooting out the first Women in Business and Mind Money Magic newsletters will be launched in October. So if you want to subscribe, please do so. If you ladies want to do an article or an ad, please let me know. I want to educate um, the world on what it is that we do and why it's important. And not only that, but to support women in business. Not to have large corporations in magazines, but to have us out there in the community and for people to be able to read what we do, not only on well, it's the only media, way, but in a, it's in the only way the world will transform. Absolutely. It's the only way the world is going to transform. You know, and we got to bring it back to the news. You know what I mean? We are the news. And so, you know, we can control what people see, what they read and what they hear. Yeah, and absolutely. We start taking control of that. So, with all that said, I'm going to be emailing you guys, um, listeners. You guys can find them through me. Um, and thank you again for being here. And I want to log off for today. And it is Friday. This is podcast number four for the week. Woo, woo. And we just hit a milestone of over 200 listeners in three weeks. Thank you to all the supporters. Thank you to all the women. Thank you to all the listeners and to all the businesses. I think in three weeks, I have interviewed over 30 female entrepreneurs. And I think that's a low number of what I've actually done. But I just want to thank you guys for being a part of my dream and a part of my vision and believing in me um, for what I do. So thank y'all. Thank you for having us on board. <laughs> All right. And um, this is another edition of Your Voice, Your Power. I'm Anika Wilson signing off. Have a powerful day. Thank <music> you.